And with that, Skyver's I... nowhere near, nowhere near. Oh man, I should have just went off that that dynamite with the. Well, welcome to Geeks with Kids, the bi-weekly geeky podcast from a parenting point of view that, you know, sometimes we talk about parenting. Maybe I'll do that when we get to the main topic. Anyway, I'm your host this week, Eric, and joining me this week is Hawk, Shouse, um, Steve, and Memor. How's it going, guys? How's it going? Oh, yeah. you know, it's uh, surviving as, as one does. But uh, anyway, so this week we're going to be talking about the the fantastic life of Christopher Plummer. He was... He passed away recently, so we're going to do a little bit of a tribute to this fine Canadian actor, Canadian actor, born in Toronto, and um, we're going to, you know, but you know, like we do every episode, we're going to talk about the things that we like right now, the things that we're enjoying. So why don't we start with the ray of sunshine, Matt Moore? I'm being good. <laughs> I'm waiting in anticipation for you to ruin it. I didn't okay. say anything. I, you didn't say it yet. That's okay though. Um, <laughs> oh wait, wait. Ark, um, Dave said in the in the in the in the chat about uh, the Giver. It's fucking awful. <laughs> but in the best way possible. That's fair. Oh, I just hit my um, mic with my face. <laughs> that's what you get for preemptively. That's what you get for saying the thing you know. I'm uh, that I know you're gonna. Say. I won't say it first. It'll be um, someone else. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the things that that I am liking, my my rays of joy. Um, God damn, I love WandaVision. WandaVision. Like, I've never had a series leave me so happy every episode as that one does. I feel like we can talk about it now. But no, yeah. Yeah. no. A little bit? No. I'm only on I'm only on three guys. So okay, fair, fair, fair. See, and okay. it's, they've only had four episodes, so he hasn't seen the last Aren't one. Aren't we at six no, no, there's now? Five. We had five. five. There's five so far? Okay, either five. way. Four and five are the ones that we actually need to talk about. Yeah, it's just the ending of five. Um, No, for real, that series um, warms my heart. They've done wonderful. And I said this last episode, and I stand by it. They are doing phenomenal work with that show. Uh, they They have done, if they do what I think they're going to do, they will have actually achieved the impossible with that show. And I didn't think that was the case. There are two things that I assume is that I hope will happen. And I think they're, they keep on inching towards it. And I'm like, Ooh, at, at the end of five, they've opened the door for the one thing that everyone said was impossible. Yep. And yep. that's why I hope that that's what they do. And that's yep. all yep. I'm going to say about it. And we're going to deviate away from it because I don't want to fall into a spoiler black hole and ruin it for Steve. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Now Steve I, has to, once we're done this, Steve has to watch those episodes. I do sincerely yeah. want Steve's genuine reactions on this because yeah. I, I do respect Steve's opinion on these things and I want to see how, what his take on what they've done with it is. I was yeah, pre- well, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to race to it. I, I watched, uh, I watched two episodes today already. So that's how, why I'm at, at three as that's it fair. is. So, and, yeah. uh, you're like I'm gonna. We're also awesome. Like yeah. just from a purely recreating nostalgia standpoint, we're amazing. What's amazing yeah, yeah. about those two, the first two, three episodes actually, is that they use the proper lenses and lights for the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and tell. because Vision is, um, you know, purple, purpley, uh, in in the MCU, they painted him blue to show up better in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and black, black and white, and white. which the is old just school techniques too. They spent their time and did the research. All the special effects yeah. were wired in the first two episodes. Very clearly too. Yeah, which was so good. Except for, yeah, we'll talk about certain that. things. Yeah. Certain yeah. things were not. Things that were in the show, one hundred percent were, and it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. 
that's so that show um, ray of sunshine yeah if if anything i want to see an x-files like we were talking about in our chat an x-files version (laughs) of set in the mcu um um, what's the the character's name i I don't remember their names agent wu i always get scared because i'm like i don't want to say the wrong last name (laughs) but sincerely though because i'm like it's it's one of those i don't i don't want to misname the character because that's really horrible if i do Mm -hmm. yeah um i will maintain that he has become the new Coulson character. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And in the oh, best possible way, like he I... adds so much levity and he does it so well. Like he's the perfect comedic straight man, especially for that show. Especially when he's paired against Darcy, like those two together mm-hmm. are just mm-hmm. so good. And I want them to be Mulder and Scully in the future. Um, I also would, for everyone here that is watching it, I would recommend, especially going back and watching a lot of phase three and phase four movies. Yeah. There are more characters in WandaVision than you may remember. Mm. Well, there's one that's there that is in plain sight that has already shown up and once you remember who it is you will go oh fuck we talk about this afterwards because i'm trying to figure it out um yeah in the chat hey jojo 85 is saying hey guys hello what up hey, welcome JoJo. welcome to the show um, um so there's that that i'm vibing on very much love that to pieces and it's um, going straight into falcon which is amazing falcon and, Winter and then Soldier. falcon is going straight into loki which is fantastic it's going but, straight into uh, Black Widow and then Loki. Right, but they're still. We are now in in a Marvel string where they're just it's unbroken from now until they're they've done everything they have filmed already, which and is then, fantastic. And then we cry because it'll be a while for the next one. Crying the entire time. Uh, the other thing I'm going to note because I like to toot my own horn and I will do this till the end of days. Um, this past weekend, um, as many of you know, I am a somewhat low key personality on the TikTok. What? Um, I know, right? Uh, we just recently had uh, the NGTTWF uh, Talkie Awards, aka uh, awards voted on by both the fans and the other performers, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of was kind of cool. We'd never done it, and we're like, "Well, we might as well do it because why not?" Uh, and I was in fact voted the uh, top promo artist of 2020 by both my peers and the community at large, which just made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Woo. Ooh, that's awesome man congratulations yeah, so I, even got, I even got to recreate the uh you like me you really like me speech but then i just turned into a heel promo because i'm a horrible piece of shit but that's okay <laughs> i'm not actually like that and i will fight anyone that says i am and for those that aren't familiar with your tiktok where, where can they find you uh, i'm on tiktok under the moniker that kg that's t-h-a-t the letter k and then the letter g Ooh. very easy to track down Nice. When nice. Doubt, just look for this beautiful face that you're all watching on a Twitch stream right now. Yeah. Matt, uh, I see that Shouse is looking for you right now on it. He's just typing away. He's like, I'm going to. I don't I'm even have fun. TikTok, so I'm in my app store right now. <laughs> you got to get yourself the TikTok. Yeah, there I haven't. I have not TikTok. Although I'm going to add one thing on TikTok because there's a Guinness World thing that I want to join, which is stupid. Anyway. Don't, tell, me, tell me about that later. It's, it's uh, the greatest showman thing that they're trying to do. Where they're, they're getting like thousands of people to be part of it. I'll send you the pass it along, dude. I'm never hurting for content. I'm always I'll throw whatever out there for cause... sure. And then we can do our own version of Wallerman. Anyway, let's move over exactly. to Steve because you're in the next on my my uh, window. What are you liking right now? What I'm liking? Yes, that's a good question. Um, hmm. Well, I I don't know. I've been a bit uh, irregular with uh, my activities. So right now. Uh, um, managed to kind of keep a semi-regular schedule of watching uh, movies and um 
I, I like to make uh, like lists and I like to group things together and just can't really manage it to just stick with one list right now. So I'm just hopping all over the place and I'm hoping at some point to, you know, maybe put up a blog or something about this and this adventure that I'm on. So I'd have to say that's kind of been the main thing. I know it sounds kind of, kind of silly, but actually that's not silly. a regular, keeping <laughs> a regular movie schedule for me right now is kind of a big deal. So, uh, so there's that. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm not anywhere near where you guys are at in WandaVision, but I will say I'm, you know, even with the first three, which is very little in them, I'm still quite uh, happy with them. So I'm looking forward to getting as excited as you guys after WandaVision. So that's where I am. <laughs> Fun fact about the theme songs. Uh, they're created by the duo who created uh, the Frozen franchise. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So that that tracks. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, they're getting the right people to do the right things, you know. So it, all the little details count. It's funny because they were talking. They had an interview on Q. They were on uh, CBC's Q the other day, and they're they're saying how refreshing it is to write a song that doesn't have to like impact the whole story. Mm. <laughs> so they're just sure. like, we had fun. It was just a fun uh, song experience, and like, oh, that's awesome, awesome. I love that show. I can't wait. Um, also, we got the Winter uh, Soldier and Falcon trailer from the Super Owl yesterday, which was a, uh, which was nice. We'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about that later. We'll see. Do you call it the Super Owl? No, Superb Owl. Superb Owl. Okay. Um, uh, I saw the poster and it made me smile a lot. Yeah, it, it's very Captain America. Um, and I uh, just he has the mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. he's wearing he's wearing the purple mask. Don't he, even care. He has it in the trailer too. I know, but the fact that it's on the poster made me very happy. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm here for it. <laughs> I was reading up on an article today, and that there's apparently an X Men connection in this show. Mm-hmm. There's an X Men connection in WandaVision too. Well, we I know s- that, but yeah, in talking about the Wind Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, apparently the city of Madripoor is oh uh, yeah, heavily, <laughs> yeah, is heavily yeah. involved in it. Wow, yep. mm, that, that they're, they're really wow. uh, putting that in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. they picked up a giant franchise and they need to figure out how to slowly bring it in. You know who would make a, a, a great uh, Wolverine? Wes Chapman. So let's go over to Hawk oh, about what yeah. are you liking right now. Or no, wait, no, 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 no Hawk. No, I'm not going to no, you. I'm going to shows. I'm going to shows. I'm going to shows. Go shows. We're, we're going to me? We're yeah, we're meeting? going to you. Okay. What are you. What are you liking right now? Okay, so I'm always on the lookout for like he didn't say it. to watch with my kids, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and so we've been uh, recently getting into Ducktales, mm, which is yeah. awesome. Uh, the, the the new one with uh, uh, you David know, Tennant. Uh, D- David Tennant, yeah, yeah. and, and Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, it was so funny, and and I, I love a show that I can watch with my kids, and and they're laughing, and I'm laughing, and everybody's laughing, and, it, and there's like multiple layers of comedy there like there's 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 stuff there that just like silly sight gags for the little ones mm-hmm. and then and then the jokes that are meant for the the, the adults are just really funny the story is um, also so, really good in it yeah so i've been having fun with that and actually just this past weekend i started watching phineas and ferb oh i've never nice. seen it which is, it good? is also really funny it's <laughs> on disney plus is it not disney plus yeah because like my my kids tend to watch the same shows like they get um they get kind of hooked on a particular show and then they're, they're, they want to watch all the seasons all the way through. Like they watch the, uh, the, the, the Beyblade, all the Beyblade animes. Mm. And it's hilarious listening to my daughter, like describe the detailed complex character relationships of all these <laughs> Beyblade you know, anime characters. And, yeah. and so, yeah, like they're, they're totally into like that kind of stuff. Um, there was a, a, there's a Sailor Moon like ripoff called 
Glitter Force? No. What glitter? That's... Oh, Glitter Force. Yeah, there's two. Yeah. There's two. There's Glitter Force, and then there's the um, the Ladybug one. What's it called? Shit. My kid. Don't... My kid watched it all. Oh, anyway. Oh, the Miraculous Ladybug. Miraculous. Yeah. Yeah. How I've do you know this? That one, but my my kids are really into <laughs> the Glitter questions. Force stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a blatant Sailor Moon like copy. Yeah. Uh, I showed so I showed her shows... Sailor Moon. So. Yeah. And so they just watch those shows over and over again. And I'm like, okay, if, if I'm going to sit and watch with you guys, like, let's find something that we can all have. Have you not shown her Sailor Moon yet? Yes. Um, I, I, I do have some episodes that I've shown. Mm-hmm. Not down. Um, they were, they were a little bit scary. For, okay. For that's my fair. daughter at first. There's some, there's some scenes like where, where some of the monsters, uh, even in very early episodes of that show. Some the, of the first episode is pretty, pretty frightening. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like my, I think like my daughter likes scarier things than I do. Which is awesome. <laughs> I mean, does best be fair though. A lot of the animation in the early Sailor Moon was really scary. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it wasn't so, really meant for kids. It's yeah, meant for anime, teenagers. Japan doesn't doesn't give an f. <laughs> It'll scare your kids. It'll scar them. Yeah, Strength through adversity. Everything. Strength through adversity. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I decided just to mention some of those. Uh, kids shows that i've been enjoying with my kids um that just been having a laugh with it's glitter force on is on netflix right that's a netflix show yeah, yeah. but yeah. the other one the ones that i mentioned are, are on disney plus uh ducktales yeah. and uh and phineas and ferb and they're doing a spinoff of ducktales just as they canceled ducktales so uh that's sad what's and, the spinoff gonna be it's darkwing duck they're, doing oh, they're dark, making a darkwing they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're gonna do a darkwing duck oh show. okay let's get dangerous um yeah it's it's Oh man, I can't wait! I can't wait. Oh, they're also doing Chippendale Rescue Rangers again, mm-hmm. or no? I think it's just Chippendale now. Probably just gonna they're gonna reboot all the Disney afternoon stuff. They should. <laughs> they were all gold. Why man. not? It works. Go with it. Let's get let's get a new Tailspin. They they have Disney Plus. Why not just yeah. put out these awesome things that parents would watch? They're raising the price for us. They might as well give us more content. We're gonna like. I mean, to to be fair, it's not like they're relying on box office numbers anymore. So no. they have to get their income where they can and. Twelve bucks a month is not exactly going to break the bank. Yeah, it's not. And and then they have their premiere stuff, which I hope they do with Black Widow. But they're definitely doing with Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, I think next month. So, I I had heard rumor, and I again, it's only rumor, is that they for the everything that was supposed to come out last year, they're not doing the premiere. They're just going to release it because it was delayed a full year at this point. So they're not. Yeah. Raya was supposed to come out last year too. Well, so I think some of them will. I don't think the Marvel stuff they will just because it's gonna it's it'll bank. anger it'll anger more people than it'll placate by making them pay extra for it. Even yeah. like the the Mulan experiment kind of showed them that that's not the way to go with it. Although they made money on it, which is weird. Oh, so much money! Because when they when they released that early, there was nothing else to do. <laughs> Could you so imagine? Sir, I'm sure some parents are like, "Screw it, let's just do it," so we have something to watch. Could you imagine if they did that with Hamilton? I'd just be like, you mother, you motherfuckers. I was Here's actually, my $30. See, sincerely, I was actually surprised they didn't because that's the yeah. one. Where, like, if they do oh, that, I, I would have paid. I yeah, think like, it would have been money. worth the money, right? Yeah. Whereas yeah. Mulan was not worth the money. And that's yeah. that's made yes. it even worse. If they'd done, if they'd set the standard with Hamilton, 
Mm-hmm. That would have that would have created yeah. a new yeah. a new template. Much dishonor to their family. Um, I think <laughs> oh. I, I think that Just remember um, a wizard did it. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but um, I, I think. For Hamilton, Lynn was saying that it should just go straight to the service because he wanted sure. as many people to see it as possible um, and not have to, you know, that's fair. limit. He's, the and ticket he, price is already so expensive. He's just like, I want it for well, people. And that was yeah, yeah, that's true. They, they were planning on launching it for Christmas. So it was like, we're going to release it early anyways. Just get it out there. And it was yeah. like, they released it for the 4th of July. So it kind of tracked anyways. Dun, 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 dun. Now to Hawk. <laughs> what are you liking now? <laughs> What are you? Um, what are you enjoying? What are you? What? What's your yum? No, you. Oh, damn it! You know, I uh, thought we made it to the fifth one at least. Once, just once. No, no, it's never gonna happen, Matt. Oh my god! I was oh, actually both of us on using there. it right at the end of uh, whatever. I know. Was I about know. So what are I enjoying? Um, well, Larry and I finished off the expanse uh, last week, and and we had a fun little... we had a fun watch party on on the Twitch um, on the I really Twitch. Um, they they allow watch parties on any series or movie that's on Amazon Prime. So it's just like expanse, cool. pop it on, and we watched it with a bunch of other people that love the expanse. So it was fun to nice. you know chat, and we were sort of chatting and. An audio voice. Well, it was mostly us freaking out, crying, and you know whatnot on screen for people yeah, to see. A lot of this. What the? What the <laughs> it was like, no. What am I doing? No, no. <laughs> There's a guy on the show who plays uh, a character named Amos. His the the actor's name is Wes Chapman. I think he would be a perfect Wolverine if they do it. He would be amazing. Yeah. You yeah. know what? I, I'm going to go on record saying this. I don't want them to bring Wolverine into. I don't want him. I don't want him to be right away either. I want him later. Right away. I just don't want. I don't want them to bring Wolverine in. End of sentence. They're they're going to. He's so they're stupidly popular. To, yes. Mm. Yeah. They've done a pretty decent job of making a lot of other characters uh, equally popular. That's true. Without having to rely on the heavy hitters of the property, and yeah. I would prefer to see them pick another, pick more obscure characters and bring them to the limelight. Yeah. Uh, what I, I would bought, also argue, yeah, even though so. I don't know what you guys are talking about, um, I would also argue that Feige is is more, you know, like, you know, <laughs> not to get into it, but he, he cares enough about his uh, his setting that, yeah, he's not going to just toss in things willy-nilly, no. right? Yeah. So, no. so, yeah, I mean, where it's appropriate and if it's appropriate, and that's really what it comes down to. You know, I, I want a good Cyclops. That's what I want. I want a properly portrayed and written cyclops for screen that's what i would like if i if we're going I mean, to x-men yeah. so if, they, that if they ever go that route we'll never know yeah. like they might they might not who knows because they've I, rebooted I'm, it a couple times so who knows i'm fine with the original class showing up mm. again i would be fine mm. with that anyway if that's it not happens. it's not if it happens thing. yeah who knows anyway hawk go what are you what are you like other than the expanse Oh yeah, so or, or you I'm can talk about the expanse more. I'm fine with that. I love the expanse. <laughs> I think I'm gonna leave it alone for a while. And that uh, I got so heavy into that. Uh, so I've been a, I've been a little bereft of stuff to watch. And that I kept, um, crave. I went back. I was like, oh, the wire. So I started rewatching that, and I just got through season one. So last night I tried. I decided to take a little dive into something new and I've been hearing a lot of good things about uh, Euphoria, uh, the Zendaya's uh, show on Ooh. HBO. Yeah, so, yeah, I jumped into episode one of that last night. Ooh. I hope oh, you didn't watch boy. it right before bed. That is a... Uh... Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, Hawk, no. oh, my God. I know. I don't know why I do this to myself. Was What's like, it called? Eh, it's called Euphoria. Euphoria. Okay. Um, I don't know uh, about basically, this either. 
well for us 90s people in that if you remember the film kids oh this okay. is this is kids for 2018 oh boy yep Jeez. i don't know if i need um, that right now big, no you I don't know. yeah it's... zendaya plays a teenage girl named rue in that who's fresh off a stint in rehab after her sister found her overdosed in her bedroom and that uh and she's you know uh just back out on the party scene again not um there's so many bizarre moments and that like her scoring drugs from a 10 year old and that talking about getting his bank and that <laughs> wow <laughs> to be honest like the stuff she was buying i've never even heard of it's all these <laughs> pharmaceutical grade opiates and psychedelics and that it, it, it's like, well, everything has changed yeah, yeah everything's yeah. changed i feel very very old right now after watching that movie mm-hmm. <laughs> or, sorry watching the first episode of that show yeah don't worry um, you you continue feeling older as you, the, the series goes on <laughs> yeah and i then imagine the, so yeah. with that uh, um but uh yeah hey jojo in the in the in the twitch chat is saying they're watching they just watched the first episode of miraculous today it's legit and also loving murder she wrote taking it way back taking it away jessica back. fletcher yeah <laughs> sorry hawk that's back in the day. So yeah, I'm invested now in the show, and I got I got to see. Don't watch it before now. bed, man. It's all you're yeah. gonna think about when you're in bed, and then you're just gonna be like, "Oh my god, the kids today, they're going through some stuff, man. <laughs> some stuff. I have no legs. I got no legs." It's it was oh, one of those moments I genuinely like realized. Oh my god, I have aged out of the of of a certain kind of of a generation. Yeah. Um, wow. So I know anybody with the heart, go and check it out. It's 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 just it's a, watch it before you go to bed. Yeah, yeah. no. Oh my god, yeah. it's one of those move that, that you just keep on thinking about the stuff that happens and how terrible mm-hmm. some of the stuff is, and you're just like, mm-hmm. my god, kids are going through this now. No wonder they're on these drugs that I don't know because <laughs> I'm old. I mean, um, arguably I got a big it's fictionalized, so it's not exactly real. However, have mm. on goofball. Well, I think I, it just <laughs> feels like it feels like they drew on a lot of kind of oh, sources. 100%. Yeah, 100%. yeah. yeah. Anyways, I got to say, big shout out to Zendaya. You know, she, she's just killing it. She um, won an yeah. Emmy for that. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She deserved it. Wasn't she like one of the youngest people to get an Emmy at the? I think something like that. I think it was. So. I think she's up there. Yeah, there's a list of crazy. Yeah. She's wonderful. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. There's one more thing I'm going to throw in here before we go on. Do the it. Main topic. Yeah, go for it. I um, have one too. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Yeah. You're you're the host. You go last. Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Now you do. Oh no, I didn't. Um, I was able to, through somewhat nefarious means, track down a copy of a bootleg of Moulin Rouge the musical. <gasps> and mm. it. Ooh. I I want to see if we I have was, the same copy. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. It's really good. It is shockingly good. The soundtrack is phenomenal. And I've yeah. said that. You know what? I, I I still have issues with the vert, how they extended the elephant love song. I love it, I love it too, but yeah. there there's some weird um, transitions. They, in they it. made it more conversational. So yeah. it's but they did that in the at the beginning of the show. There's a lot of moments where. I think like the elephant love medley, which everyone remembers from the movie was about five and a half minutes long, give or take in the yeah. musical. It's about nine. I thought it was 12. No, it was only nine. I, I checked, yeah. right, right, right. but they like have like one, like one line comfort. It's like basically I'm having a conversation. So they'll throw like one line from a song in which just for like kind of comedic pop value, yeah. which I, I enjoyed. 
they do that earlier in the show too. Uh, they do it a lot in the show actually, where they'll have like little snippets of them conversing using music titles. I like that they they've because it's 2020, they've updated the music up until now as well, which yes. is nice. I like it. Um, also, I did do some digging on it that is part of the arrangers. I don't know if they were kind of this explosive, but they're part of the arrangement team was um, postmodern jukebox. Mm. Oh, no, I didn't makes know that. A lot of sense. Uh, because the cover of Chandelier that they have in that show yeah. was done by one of a, a collaborator friend of theirs who was on America's Got Talent called Puddle's Pity Party. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It's his arrangement, and he actually has done a lot of recording with Postmodern mm-hmm. as, yeah. as his not clown persona. But he's done it as his clown as well. Yeah, as well yeah, too, not, but yeah. yeah, but he's done a lot of arranging with them, so they, they brought them in to get those, a lot of those mashup collabs put together. Oh, which I, I think that is... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like weirdly circular that was what how i fell into it as i was oh, looking man. up some Puddles. model stuff and i was like wait a minute what the <gasps> it's the show and i watched it and i was like this is shockingly well done i did Not shockingly yeah. but like i was very nervous about that musical mm-hmm. yeah i was talking to brad about uh the show because he was invited down uh before the show premiered and mm-hmm. yeah and he was he was saying how good it was yeah oh, man oh man i can't wait oh yay Anyway, what am I liking right now? What's my yum? Uh, I am I, I, I am deliciously mm, yes, just just slurping in um, the just no. I said what I said. Um, I I'm just I'm just consuming it. It's just going straight in, um, and I'm just giving it to control right now on PS5, um, the, the ultimate edition. Um, I'm playing it in performance mode because of the 60 FPS. Um, I remember talking to. Steve, I think it was you mm-hmm. who was saying that the there was frame rate issues on the PS4 yeah, version. PS4, yeah, it always it always lagged, and especially when there there were enough filing cabinets and lights exploding, yeah, and yeah it just would go. Yeah, so I was I, I started playing the game in graphics mode just for the mm-hmm. you know the the blooming and all of the ray tracing, and yeah, it's pretty, but mm-hmm. the, the frame rate is still there, even on the PS5, and I'm just like, uh, yeah. no, no thank you. Ooh, yeah. FPS, Ooh. let's stick that at 60 for me. Um, I apparently have played so much that I'm at the maze already, and I, wow. and I've, okay. <laughs> and I've beat, <laughs> I've beat two of the DLC. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, I feel Control is one of those games where it's it's a lot of fun and it's infinitely replayable. But mm-hmm. once you know where you need to go, mm-hmm. there's a lot less sort of aimless. Like you, you don't spend as much yeah. time exploring because you know what the routes are to get to certain places. Whereas like the first time I remember, yeah, I, I remember it. the puzzles, which is probably yeah. helpful. And like even playing, yeah. I'm like I would get lost, like running in circles in a building because I couldn't figure out where the one door. There are was still places that I'm just like, how sure. do I get to this place? Yeah. Like uh, in maintenance, especially I'm just like, oh, I don't know where to go. Yeah. Maintenance was always a hot nightmare though, but it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize because I had played and been the game before the DLC came out mm-hmm. that you can just, that it just happens in the story organically. So, yeah, yeah, yeah so, it's incorporated in. So when I started the Alan Wake DLC, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Is this is this the Alan Wake stuff? And I and then I beat it, and I was like, yes, yes. Satisfying. It's so good, and if it's not pointing to a new Alan Wake game, I just don't understand how they could have ended it. Like, or that. something else, that, or some other you know, creation that exists in that shared universe now. Well, I don't know. Like that, it's like heavily <laughs> Alan well, Wake. The ending. sure, but yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, it's really good. The performance mode is phenomenal. It's free on PlayStation Plus. So mm-hmm. pick it up. Uh, play yeah, it. I downloaded it last night, so I'm looking forward to trying it on the uh, It is so good. Just I also I love the fact that a year ago, Steve was saying, if you guys have been sleeping on this game, you have to start playing it. And now it is available. The Ultimate Edition is now yeah. available. Not oh, even yeah. a, a year ago. Last episode, we were saying that yeah, people should we buy just, it. No, but I remember like the yeah. first time that we brought it up, where it was like yeah. it was Steve's top game of 2019. He's like, yeah. if you guys haven't played this, you got to play it. It's amazing. And I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. Cut to a year later. Yeah. Everyone should be playing this. Now you have no excuse if you're not exactly. playing Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There really it, is no excuse. I mean, yeah. the whole issue before I, we were just saying this the last episode is I was a little like, this Ultimate Edition is a little bit cheesy. They're chiseling yeah. us, you know, and then now well, it's the PS Plus hey. game. So now there's absolutely no excuse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and it's, a, it's a well done version. There is some things that um, now it's two years later, I've noticed a little bit of its age. <laughs> like there there's some control things. I was like, ah, uh. but the haptic control is actually pretty fun on it. Although, cool. Cool. Good to know. although <laughs> this is my one little, little gripe. Whenever you're walking anywhere, you can feel the walking. So it's like tap, 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 tap on your controller the whole time. Hmm. So you're just like, okay, hmm. that's weird. That could get a little. That's, that's a, a lot. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's gonna burn through the motor. Because you you run everywhere in that mm-hmm. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But today I did just get the asynchronous uh, costume, which if you guys remember how to get that, yes, that was that was a fun. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, move on to. There's not much in the news that we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about. Uh, one or two things. The first thing being, um, so Game Rant, which is not a credible source of any means, um, <laughs> but they had they have a couple good sources. Ever so often they have good articles, but right now they've released an article saying EA this week is debating whether they should cancel Anthem 2.0 or Anthem Next, which is um, what some people have been calling it. This, for those that aren't um, knowledgeable about Anthem, <laughs> is about... So when Anthem was released, everyone got angry at it because it was hardly a finished game. And um, the developers ended up announcing that they're they're going back to the table. They're going to look at it. They're going to fix some. They're going to fix the whole game and they're going to release it out for people. And that was about, what, a year and a half ago, maybe two years yeah, now. Two, I think. And nothing has really happened. And people are just like they, they, they trickle out less information than when Bungie was part of Activision. So it's just like, no one knows what's going on. And people are just like, I guess it's not coming. The director, the game director got moved off of the game and is now part of Elder Scrolls? Uh, no, uh, that's Dragon not. Age 4. Dragon Age, Dragon Age, yeah. Which is so, usually a good sign that the game's not going anywhere when the director is shifted to a Oh, yeah. Casey <laughs> yeah. Hudson left. Like, everybody's gone. I mean, yeah. one, of his, one of his parting... Uh, comments was that they were working on this 2.0 anthem and then he left it's just like oh jesus yeah yeah so he just got a couple of interns sitting in a cubicle apparently <laughs> the team anthem. the team of like 30 not... people at most yeah. working yeah. on it yeah on no, it's a skeleton game. crew it's a skeleton yeah. crew it's just sorry go ahead eric I no no that's it uh, i was just saying your thoughts on it because i think a couple of us played it and i anthem i was so upset with the anthem and it's so funny because we just said we just talked you just brought up control. Anthem broke me. Like I actually stopped gaming because of that fucking game. Okay. I mean, yep. that was a that was a quarter of a game, right? And I'm not exaggerating. I know I, I that might be hyperbole. It's a quarter of a game. I know people could enjoy that quarter, and I I enjoyed that quarter. I flew around like Iron Man, like as nobody's missed this. But mm-hmm. no, I mean that to me, and and at the at the time, I was gonna like write this angry review, breaking down all the details of it. And I was just going to call it, you know, dirge. I mean, that's what they should have called the fucking game because that's the dirge of Bioware. I mean, I do not have any faith in what they've got coming up 
because at that point after andromeda and then anthem like that company's just a trash fire man like i i'm, I'm looking at this like we'll get into mass effect here right i've seen the mass effect trailer and i'm just shaking my head i'm just like i i don't i don't think this is going to be that good it's going to be old like when that comes out it's just going to be touched up graphically and that's it you know and i i don't think they've got the the talent to make it something special you know so anyway that's my that's my rant i mean i'll i'll jump in when you guys have something relevant you know <laughs> good to say because i got nothing I, uh... good to say about it i i disbelieve they're gonna do it and yeah, uh, i think they're gonna cancel it for sure and yeah. if they do they're gonna they're gonna try to shovel it underneath the legacy mass effect edition thing and try to like cover up the fact that they made so much money on that Mm-hmm. to perpetuate the fact that they're still a company which i, I mean, don't believe i i will i will be the optimist and have faith in dragon age but that's because i love that series and and consistently every time they've brought it out they've changed some mechanics but the core mechanics have always stayed the same and the core concepts have always stayed the same so i'm going to have some faith that they won't completely fuck that up especially because they've moved people on to working on that which means it's actually in production which is kind of nice that being said, it, they are going to need to do some stuff to update it because whilst that system is very near and dear to my heart, it is also a relatively dated system. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, realistically, they did it very well. Witcher did it a little better. Um, so I would hope that they would come up with something more unique uh, to add to it to keep it a compelling series. Story wise, yeah. I have nothing but faith in it. Everything else, however, they're going to hopefully put some invest some time and money in that's my hope yeah i'm hoping they just you know what i don't need them to fix the first anthem just make a new game yeah just or just work work. just abandon it it was a failed experiment and let's move on they they need to use that flying mechanic somewhere because it was really good and that was the only good thing in that game you could add it to destiny or mass like or even add it to mass effect where it would make as much sense as anything else i would agree with that actually yeah um, no, I think I think it's done myself. I mean, uh, they 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 have a decision to make whether to kind of double down on it and that and bring in a real team and that. If they did, they probably have to expand it to at least ninety people, as the article yeah. was saying, yeah. and that uh, which require a huge investment, a, a lot of money on the table. Yeah, uh, for something that you know, as far as the media and everything, they've already put it to bed. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the 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 horse is out of the barn, and that yeah. I don't think they can really repair publicly like the 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 image behind the game and even if they even if they decide they were going to double down on it you're doubling down on a project that people are expecting to fail out of the gate so you have to come back with something that is so revolutionary and so cutting edge i don't think they have the resources or the team to do that yeah because like it's yeah like it's already a garbage fire like you can't repackage it and pray that people will forget that the first experiment was a garbage fire the I best... mean, to say something, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, the best thing they could do if they weren't going to continue with 2.0 or make a new Anthem game is to incorporate it into the Mass Effect universe. Yeah, like like, like, the, like they go back to Earth and there's these, or I don't even know where Anthem took place. I can't even remember. No, the story was so wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, okay, to say something substantive, um, you know, for those who are hanging on to Anthem and, and go, oh, I thought it was okay. I mean, it was a, it was a proof of concept, all right. And let's 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 be real, okay. There was like three or four games there, like by Bioware and by EA as a whole with dice. And I know this is going to be controversial because I know we've got listeners who just love that dice shit, but they've been just 
they've been scamming us, all right, the last like two or three years. They keep like putting out these half-baked things and they keep saying, oh, we're going to, we'll fix it in post, right? And Anthem was the absolute worst because, I mean, we're not even talking about Andromeda anymore and that was horrible, right? And it's just this this degradation. And yeah, like everyone's been saying, unless they actually put real people on it, it's not going to get fixed. They actually, like DICE actually, to give them credit, pretty much fixed Battlefront 2, mm-hmm. but it took them two years to do it with even though I say probably minimal team, they had some people working on it. And then and then Battlefield 5 like exploded and fucked up and they pulled everybody off of both games to work on Battlefield 6 because they screwed up 5 so much, right? So that being the case with BioWare, how many people do they have left, right? They've got to have everybody on Dragon Age, right? And, the, and a and new the, Mass Effect, right? They have and to the have new one. Mass Effect. There's nobody. There's absolutely nobody left, right? So I... I, I I know they there are people who keep going. Oh, oh, it could be the next, you know, battle, Battlefront Two or or uh, No Man's Sky. Really, like, really, you really think so? Like, there's no one left. Just, just look at. I'll, I'll just end on this. Just look at the number of people who have left Bioware, and track it. Every six months, there's been somebody who's left. Okay, for the last five years, just, just, just follow that number and look at it from that perspective. And you'll be like, yeah, there's, there's no one. Not just Bioware, also EA, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a- a- Amy yeah. Hennig left. <laughs> Why would... No, that... I don't even want to get into that. I okay? know, I know, yeah, but yeah, it is. Shouse, any thoughts on Anthem? I don't know if you played it. I, I played the beta with you guys. And, you, and you I agree. I game, agree. basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole thing was a beta. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I never I never bought it or anything. I don't know if you guys all bought it, but I I, I just played the, the free beta. I played it on Origin when I had Origin the Origin Pass, and then I it crashed so much on me that I was like, I'm not playing this game. It's been a year. Why is it crashing so much? <laughs> a year and I, later. And I'll add just yeah. one last thing. The one that really offends me is that they owe everyone who bought that game at full price some $60 value somewhere down the road. And that's the thing I doubt they will actually. Like, that's they why they keep kind of going, oh, oh, we're going to fix it eventually. You'll get your money back eventually. It's like, no. no. I, no. I, that, that's the part that offends me. That people forget that they paid 60 bucks for this this quarter, a quarter of a game, a, a proof of concept. Mm. Um, I don't know. I will never buy a game on launch unless it is coming with some seriously heavy yeah. good reviews. Yeah, uh, yeah, no. Absolutely. To go back on Mass Effect, um, did you see that the multiplayer is not going to be included? Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, that's I, I love the multiplayer. I love I the multiplayer, but I don't blame them for that. I don't blame yeah. them for that. Yeah. yeah, I played the multiplayer on it. It was neat, but it, the game never needed it. It was never a oh, thing. Okay. No, anyway, it's true, but but it's like it's like Uncharted, though, right? I mean, the multiplayer. Was I liked fun. Uncharted I, multiplayer. I, I liked the multiplayer in both of those, and so they were good. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to the next news item. Two more. Very short. Uh, two people have been added to the Dungeons and Dragons movie cast. That would be Michelle Rodriguez, who's you know from the fan, uh, Fast and Furious movies, and then Justice Resident Smith. Evil. Oh yeah, and Justice Smith from you know Detective Pikachu. So those are two new people that are joining Chris Pine in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Thoughts? Cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Popular be- people. I didn't I- even know this was a thing, so I'll yeah. believe it when I see it. I mean. The, the original creation, the, the the story behind the first Dungeons and Dragons is a movie in and of itself. So we'll do we'll an episode about that. <laughs> and then we'll have Shouts just holding up the DVD. The, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the last piece of news, um, Alcon, Alcon, Alcon Entertainment has announced that um, they, they were recently on, one of the producers was recently on the Variety podcast, and they are the 
entertainment group that has created the expanse on television uh they they had it on sci-fi for a number of years until sci-fi canceled it because it's sci-fi and then they moved it over to amazon where it's you know flourished Mm -hmm. and they said after a couple of years um the expanse is ending next year with season six so after a couple of years it's has it's had its run on amazon they're gonna try and expand the expanse universe so uh which is cool because there are nine books in the book series and they're only doing six for the tv show so you've got three books worth of material to go with yeah and those three books happen in a different time frame so it makes sense shocking yeah right um well i'm glad i'm glad they managed to get to the to the six, you yeah. know, and, and, and not have to, you know, like uh, cut it short or anything. Yeah. So that's great. Could you imagine, Hawk, if they ended it after season three on that end? Uh, I know. Like if it if it had happened, it would have been one of those things like you, you kind of wondered, you know, it would it would have left you wondering, you know, Even and it would have made you I angry. It's one of those shows. It would have made you angry in that. But at the same time, you know, there was something kind of satisfying about season three and that if it, if it if nothing had come of it after that then I, I'd still say it would have ranked as one of the best sci-fi shows on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely see it. It's on, it's on Amazon prime. Uh, yeah. And if you're a fan of Kim's convenience, like three, three people from that show show up on <laughs> as cast members on nice. the expanse, just randomly, like they're, they're there so for a couple episodes. Cause nice. cause Kim's convenience is wonderful. That but anyway, so good. Let's move on to the main event. Let me close all these windows. I have too many open. Um, so on February 5th, 2021, legendary Canadian thespian and actor uh, Christopher Plummer uh, passed away uh, in his uh, U.S. home. He was living in Connecticut at the time. And, uh, you know, it was it's sad. And, and you know, we're, we're big fans of his legacy. He phenomenal actor everyone knows him from the sound of music so we thought we'd gather today talk about maybe one or two movies that we enjoyed him in and you know see see where we go from there uh let's start with matt moore let's hear one of your movies let's start with one okay you know what in keeping with the theme of this show and the concept of this show i'm out of the gate i'm gonna bring up 2009's pixar's up that was mine. Yeah. I knew why you don't start with me when I say I have a backup. <laughs> I have uh, a backup too. <laughs> so did I. My backup was the one that I originally picked, but I wanted to give something that had a little more substance of his of his skills than yeah. what I had. T- tell us about Up. I've never seen this movie. What's this movie? You are <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was like four ones. seats away from you crying my eyes out. Yeah. When we um, saw this. <laughs> The briefest of summary, Up is the story of a, a curmudgeonly older gentleman uh, who, after his wife passes, uh, vows to fulfill the promise he made to her where they would retire uh, at the base of this waterfall in this particular uh, mysterious land because they were both really big adventurers when they were children, uh, following uh, the career of the famed adventurer Charles Muntz. Uh, so he decides that he's going to attach millions of helium balloons to his house and fly his house off to this strange exotic land uh, where hilarity then ensues. Yeah. Uh, it is it is the movie that is responsible for the most heart-wrenching first 10 minutes of, of film ever. Where out uh. of the gate, you are already filled with joy and sadness before the movie even starts. So cute. And then the movie starts and nothing but joy and hilarity follows with some sadness and some bittersweet moments, but it is a beautiful film. 
Christopher Plummer is an absolute manic gem in this film. <laughs> yeah. uh, even more so by the fact that I keep forgetting it's Christopher Plummer until I'm like, it oh, doesn't God, sound like him, which is well, phenomenal. Because he, which is a testament to how phenomenal a performer yeah. he was. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, what I love about this movie is that it introduced us to the wonderfully naive and adorable Russell, who's a little like a boy scout who's trying to get his wilderness badge for helping the elderly. That's why he ends up yeah. on this adventure with um, Carl Fredrickson, who's played by Ed Asner. Yeah. Um, like, it's just a phenomenal movie. Like, girl. Don't forget the, and, oh, the, yeah. the, the, the joy that is Doug. Doug, I uh, hid under your porch because I love you. Well, that's good. well. You should come in because I, you're, I'm your master or something like that. I, can't, I yeah. we watched it a couple oh, days ago, um, after Christopher Plummer died, and we're like, I'm gonna show my kids a Christopher Plummer movie. Like they'd seen The Sound of Music before, but yeah. I was like, you know, let's show them, let's show them up, and it was a wonderful, it is wonderful like, experience just to watch because <laughs> Doug, and and Carl and everyone and yeah, like Kevin. you're saying, uh, Christopher Plummer as Charles Muntz, like he's playing an aged um, explorer who's just like, mm. like hell bent on getting this bird that has eluded him for years and years. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but there's this one of my favorite sequences is this like sword, sort of a sword fight scene between his character and Carl Fredrickson, but they're both geriatric men. So they're like, they're hurting as they're doing it. And it's so funny. And so it's just so well played. Like, mm-hmm. man, Pete doctor is a phenomenal director, like, and writer. Mm-hmm. Good job. Mm-hmm. Pixar. It was just such a well put together movie and it holds up even that like, it's almost, you know, 11 years, 12 I, years I now. Steel book on this one. Look at that. I have that nice. one too. It's phenomenal. Nice. It's giant. Nice. Wow. Beautiful. I know because it's it's like original content too. Like it's not based off any other pre-existing yeah. story. It's literally just original content, and it's beautiful. Pixar, yeah, Pixar, yeah. Their Blu-ray, the one that Chelsea showed, the Steelbook, was the was the disc I used to um, do all my testing for my audio and visual equipment. Um, nice. Because, oh man, it's so good. It's such a good movie. Also, yeah. I don't know if you guys follow Quarter Crew. They're a YouTube channel. They're right. a bunch special of effects guys. special effects guys. But the other day, they wanted to see how many balloons it would take to lift an actual house. So they used the physics engine and like made balloons in, in a computer program to see how many millions and millions of balloons it would take to lift that actual house. So yeah. check it out if you're if you nice. Any other thoughts on Up? I, I this was going to be my pick. I think it's a great pick that uh, Mount Morris shows. And it's definitely a movie you can watch with your whole family. Yeah, Hawk, Steve, anyone? No, everyone just loves this movie. It's a phenomenal. Yeah. Movie. it's a, it's on Disney Plus. So check it out if you if you don't have it. Let's on move on over to let's go over the shows. I want to see Baby Yoda talk about uh about uh, <laughs> Christopher Plummer. Yeah, we've got a lot of Star Wars theme for not uh, for him not being in any Star Wars movies. Was he not? Uh, no. <laughs> Just well, I was scrolling through IMDb going, was he in a Star Wars movie? <laughs> it wouldn't surprise <laughs> any me. Any TV point. shows? No, nothing? Oh, okay. oh my goodness. So I'm going to pick uh, my, so the, 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 the Christopher Plummer um, movie that I'm going to choose is actually going to be uh, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Yeah, perfect choice. Uh, 1991. 90, 91, something like that. We're 91, I think. Yeah. And uh, so he played General Chang. Um, he played this sort of charismatic Klingon. Um, but, you know, throughout the course of the movie, you, you realize that uh, 
he's part of this old guard that that still believes that you know there can be no peace um you know the klingons need to need to um they need to fight they need to be strong and and so there's this all this intrigue in the movie um one of my favorite star trek movies actually of of all of them mm-hmm. yeah um the, the character that he plays is just so engaging um mm-hmm. like some some of his like he quotes shakespeare throughout the movie and um, there's this great line where he he um, he, he he does the uh, cry havoc line from is it from Macbeth? Uh, yeah. And let's slip the dogs Lewis. of war. Henry VIII. Henry, Henry VIII. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and he's he's he's, scre- he's screaming he's screaming cry havoc and let's slip the dogs away. He's spinning in his chair yeah. on the bridge of the Klingon ship, and uh, as the torpedoes are like as he's um, attacking the uh, um, Excelsior and the uh, the Enterprise. It's such a cool battle, and and throughout the whole movie, like from the part where where they have this this um, uh, fancy sit down dinner with the Klingons, all the way yeah. up to this point, he's just such an engaging character. And so, yeah, that's that's my choice for for his. Now, here's a fun piece of trivia. Do you know why he put that quote in the movie? Because he actually asks to have that quote in the movie. Hmm. I, I did not know why. When he was younger, he played the lead of Henry V at Stratford. Um, and one during the course of the run, he took ill. So his understudy had to step in for him. Hmm. His understudy for that role was William Shatner. Oh, oh. so he had specifically requested when he, they were doing that because they had just said, if you want to throw Shakespearean quotes in, do it. Oh, my God. And he oh, specifically said, I need to put that in there during this battle because of that. It was that's amazing. His Easter egg to Bill Shatner. That's so good. Wow. He's, he was so instrumental in crafting this character on screen. Like for the makeup, he was saying that, that he didn't want to be so like ridged because he yeah, wanted right. to fully emote like the Shakespearean actor he is. His eye, the eye patch was his idea as well. And he wanted, he wanted all of the, all of the bolts to be Klingon symbols. Like it's just, he's so good. Like he, he was, he was so integral. Yeah. And, and like Chose was saying, like just from the first scene you see him, you see him at the the dinner table, and he's just like egging on Shatner, and like he's yeah. just playing off his emotions, and you're just sitting there, you're like, holy shit, this guy's like such a good, good antagonist, especially to someone who's like so passionate, like you know Kirk was. Uh, one of, one of my favorite lines is when he's in the court scene, and and they're they're accusing uh, Bones and and Kirk of of this murder. And, um, and, and he's just, he's just saying like the, the, the suspense is building up and he, and he's, he's accusing them of this and this and this, and then he goes, don't wait for the translation. Answer me now. Yes. Right. Cause they have the yeah, translators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 um, they, they mirrored that scene against the Nuremberg trials, like the actual ones. So yeah. the fact that, you know, it had the same sort of like tense intense emotions yeah. as that those actual trials happen oh my god just mm-hmm. this this is probably my favorite star trek movie it was mm-hmm. one of it is i think actually my favorite as well of all of it's them. because of him i think he's he's mm-hmm. the reason why that movie's so good mm-hmm. well it's good he was a believable antagonist the movie itself had a had that what became kind of renowned for like that mix of like seriousness and levity mm-hmm. check um, off <laughs> The not was it not all species keep their genitals on the like just but like little stuff like that where it's just like the, the great levity mixed in with absolute like intense. I mean, again, when they go, you know, the, you know, the French resistance, we used to throw their wooden shoes into the thing, you know, they called it sab- <laughs> they called sabots. sabots. 
<laughs> like, what's up? Oh, no. Perhaps yeah. you know Russian tale Cinderella. If shoe fits, wear it. <laughs> Hawk, I know you're trying to. I know you're trying to say something, Hawk, about this movie. I know you like it as well. I know. I love this. I love his performance. Yeah, it's the visual. The visuals they went for with the, with with uh, Chang and that. You know, you know, because Klingons can. You know, like a lot of species in Star Trek can kind of fall into. You know, the, uh, a little bit of obscurity in that because they all tend to look the same in that. So yeah, you know. Him coming in as just this old, old general and that, and the eye patch, you know. The eye patch that was bolted to his face. Yeah, there's a story there in that, you know, but it's also such a great metaphor in that. However civilized he may appear on the outside, there are these old scars and and hatred on the inside and that, that he completely hides with, like, his quoting of Shakespeare and that. And I do love the scene, that one bit where uh, Kurt calls him out for one of his quotations and that Hitler. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. 1939. <laughs> He's like, I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that dinner scene's phenomenal. That, yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, we just watched it a couple weeks ago. I sort of want to watch yeah, it I again. Watch that soon. I haven't watched Damn. it in years. Um, if yeah. you had a chance, check out the director's cut. It's really good. Um, oh, I think okay. They only yeah. released it on DVD, um, but uh, I know people who have a copy of it. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just just let those people know. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I have a copy of that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, I um, and I think I got the VHS too. <laughs> nice. I uh, yeah, that was one of the early movies uh, that I actually went to see with friends. I mean, at that time, I mean, I was young enough that that wasn't a regular thing, so mm-hmm. that was like a really big deal, and we were all kind of into Star Trek at that time, and it was really exciting. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I have very fond memories of it. And yeah, I'd say that's one of like. It probably is my favorite Star Trek movie. I don't have to think about this a little bit, but it just it's an automatic go-to for me because um, the score is so good. Like, mm-hmm. I used to listen to that CD. I used to actually just play the soundtrack. Right? It's really good. And, yeah, like, everything about it. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you step back and think about it, the only thing is that the whole thing takes place over two days, which is a little bit, like, extreme. But other than that, um, yeah, it's just it's so well-paced. Like you said, the balance Wait. of the comedy and the... Is it two days? Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Yeah. It's like all over the place in, in, in two days. That's the only thing that's a little bit kind of wonky. I thought it was a couple of days. <laughs> I didn't think it was a week, but I thought it was a couple of days. Yeah. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I mean, the thing is, it's just it's a perfectly paced, uh, perfectly balanced experience. And uh, and yeah, no, uh, Christopher Plummer is a big part of it. And actually, you're making a joke about this before, Eric. But for those who don't know, uh, Plummer and David Warner reprised their roles as the Chancellor and General Chang in uh, the video game Klingon Academy. Yeah. And I think it's just amazing that they they were like big enough to like con- play those guys as a prequel to the film, and they didn't. E- it wasn't even just a throwaway thing. I mean, these are two actors who like take their acting seriously. Yeah. Like yeah. you actually come to understand Chang even more, and it's consistent and it actually builds on his character in the film. So if you can track it down, I mean, some people have taken the. It's not very good quality, but the cinematics from the video game, you can probably find them on, on uh, YouTube. And I yeah. highly recommend it because it actually is its own story because it takes place before the destruction of the moon that precipitates the situation in Undiscovered Country. And even then you can see the chancellor and the general like sort of politically and philosophically fighting over what the future of the Klingon race should be. And man, I, oh man, I loved uh, 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 Christopher Plummer in that, I and mean, he was 
he took it to another level. Like I was like, man, this guy he just he just nails this role. I'm gonna have to play this game again. I don't remember it. It was on yeah, PC, I, was it not? It was a PC game. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. an old PC game. But um, and yeah, in the game you play like a a, a literal like new captain in the Klingon Academy, and Chang is your instructor. Oh so my he's god. like he's the guy who comes up to you. And so initially you're just doing missions, but you start to see like crossover because like the chancellor will come and he'll talk to you specifically and then you'll you'll see them having arguments and stuff like that so it was really well staged you know as this kind of like this extra person sort of witnessing things behind the scenes i'm gonna have um, to look this up on youtube I yeah, there, was, there was an era where they were really making some very interesting star trek fmv games yeah, yeah. we right, should like do an Borg, episode on star trek borg yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and then yeah. there was uh there was another one starfleet Klingon academy that was the um similar to Borg where it was like supposed to be a holodeck and mm. they had uh, Galron uh, 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 as your instructor for that one. Uh, uh, in the Twitch chat, um, Jim Shoes 3030 said, this is my favorite episode of Hollywood Squares. I'll take Hawk for the block. <laughs> 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 Amazing. Amazing. All right. Well, since uh, Jim Shoes said it, let's move over to Hawk for his pick of uh, Christopher Plummer movie. Yeah, um, actually, this one wasn't very difficult. I think this actually might have been my first introduction to Christopher Plummer as an actor, and that I remember watching it on TV years ago as a kid. Uh, this was 1979's uh, Murder by Decree, and which, uh, yes. you know, and one of the probably one of the only leads uh, Christopher Plummer uh, played that I can think of in that, because uh, like throughout the throughout his career, I think. He has worked so much because he's always been able to take on a supporting role and add a lot of depth to whatever he's been in. And that it doesn't always have to be about him, but he'll come in and be the be probably be the best thing about whatever movie he's in. Yeah. Uh, oh. In this case. Uh, uh, tell us about what's he, the movie about. <laughs> he plays Sherlock Holmes. Uh, James Mason plays uh, his Watson, and Sherlock Holmes is called in to investigate the Jack the Ripper killings. Uh, it's oh. uh, direct. It is directed by Canadian legend Bob Clark. Uh, it is joint British and Canadian production, uh, and it is it's a fascinating little movie. And he does a fantastic job playing Holmes, as you might expect. Yeah. I, like I don't know, I don't doubt that. I don't know that I'd really need to big up his performance as Holmes in that. I think you guys could imagine it. Yeah. Um, but he shares some amazing scenes with uh, with James Mason uh, <laughs> in particular. There's this one scene. <laughs> where he's going over evidence and that while uh while watson is finishing off his uh, his dinner and that and there's a single errant pea on the on his plate that he's trying to corner with a fork and uh while he's going over the case evidence he just comes over and takes a fork out of watson's hands and just squashes the pea against the, the plate and that Watson looks up at him and he's like, "You squashed my pee." And he's like, "Well, now it's cornered," <laughs> which is just again like, but it's like it's you squashed my pee because it's fucking James Mason with the most. You can hear it, right? Yeah, James I, Mason is Doctor Watson. Like you just can't not hear his voice, and it's just so brilliant. I've never yeah. seen this movie. I I, I was to trying see to catch it today today because i knew uh hawk was going to pick this movie and I, I didn't quite make it but i'm really looking forward to watching this yeah yeah, yeah. i'm gonna actually gonna do a rewatch on it a little later on but um it's really good it, you know besides like his performance and that there is uh, bob clark if you guys remember him that he was the one who, who uh who wrote and directed black christmas mm -hmm. um you know oh, right. like pre 
the precursor for like you know most of the horror movies of mm-hmm. yeah slashers like you know halloween like you know like mm-hmm. followed it and that uh mm-hmm. he brings a lot of those elements to certain scenes uh, later on in the movie and that and like some of them mm-hmm. are so oh, yeah. like scary they kind of stick with you yeah, oh, geez, yeah. I really gotta watch this. Like movie. for a movie that has very, very limited gore in it, you would not know. Like it's Hitchcockian levels of tension. Mm-hmm. A lot of the scenes, just wow. the way that he shoots, the, the way that he shoots it is brilliant. Is mm-hmm. uh, is Murder by Decree based on any book? I no. Uh, apparently, I was going through the wiki so. in that. So because it sounds familiar, um, like I this like the. Like Sherlock Holmes it, versus the Ripper seems like something I've heard before. There's know. another film that does that mm. plot. Yeah. yeah. But. Okay. So reading off of uh, just a wiki on the film itself, uh, though it follows a, fe- a similar premise, it is somewhat different in tone and style and result to a study in terror. It's loosely based on the Ripper file by Elwin James and Elwin Jones and John Lloyd. The film's premise of the plot behind the murders is influenced by the book Jack the Ripper: The Final Solution from '76 by Stephen King. Oh. Presume that the killings were part of a Masonic plot. Uh, mm. And uh, yeah, it the it's kind of one of the first you know like I you know I. It's. I think it's one of the first times in media that that they actually explored like like with the Ripper plot with, in mind with that. You know, it was not a singular person and that it was not some crazy individual and that it was actually probably came from orders on high up and that. You know, whether it was Masonic Temple or was it possibly even the royal family. And it was. Um, this was also where uh, from hell. a lot of his yeah. concept ideas for From Hell came from this and other texts. But this was one of the big ones where he kind of drew inspiration. Oh. Yeah, um, the end of the film features a fantastic monologue from uh, Plummer in that where he lays out before the courts and everybody in that you know he, you know like what he has found and his disgust with it and the way they have destroyed the, like the the life of a woman in, in the film Andy Crook, uh, and probably one of the most heartrending like emotional scenes you'll see like Plummer perform and this is why it's always stuck out in my mind and this is why it was my first choice when uh, picking a film to honor his memory. That's mm-hmm. that's amazing, that's amazing. I I definitely have to see this movie. I've never seen it. I, it sounds intriguing. Um, I'm gonna have to find it. Is it on any streaming stuff? Do you know? Uh, it might be on Prime, although you may have to rent it. Yeah, you also you may yeah. just even check something like Tubi or whatnot because it's an older film and it's not yeah remembered very often. So it might be on a lot of the free streamers because people don't remember. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, cool. Let's. Uh, any final thoughts on this movie that now I apparently have to look for? 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Dang. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right, Steve, do you have a Christopher Plummer film you want to chat about? Yeah. Well, I knew that uh, Shouse was going to pick uh, Undiscovered Country, and that was definitely going to be my first pick. So I was trying to figure <laughs> out uh, how do I how do I uh, either uh, class it up or, or or go below that. And, uh, <laughs> so so this is this is my my mini story. I, I decided to watch um, all the money in the world because that was on one of my lists. And this was um, the film by Ridley Scott from 2017 uh, that originally had starred um, Kevin Spacey yep. in the role of uh, Paul uh, John Getty, the oil tycoon. And the movie is about uh, how uh, one of his uh, grandchildren is uh, kidnapped, and this is uh, this was a real life event. And um, and the guy was uh, such a miser uh, that um, he wouldn't pay the ransom. And unfortunately, uh, yeah, it ended up causing a lot of trauma uh, to the grandson. Anyway, um, I wanted to see it just because I was really curious about the fact that Ridley Scott had wrapped up the film and then the Kevin Spacey accusations came out. And rather than chuck the film, 
um, yeah, he brought in a whole new actor and brings in Christopher Plummer, you know, and, and Plummer, I think on very short notice did it in two weeks or something yeah. like that. And yeah, and yeah it's it seamless. Like it was really interesting to watch like this film, which like had another person in it. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I have this running theory, this running joke where I say like, anytime you, you need to improve something, you just need to add like two venerable British actors. <laughs> and we were just laughing about like, um, you know, Undiscovered Country because it's got Warner and it's got like, uh, uh, Christopher Plummer, but um, I I don't really have much else to say about all the money in the world except that it was a very um, tense movie, and his portrayal was very good. Like mm -hmm. he was quite believable as a as an old man who was very focused on certain mentalities and stuff like that. But um, I did have a second film, so I'm we'll talk about that. that. In, yeah, we'll talk about yeah. it in the next round. Um, okay okay sure okay i thought so, uh, i ended up seeing all the money in the world with one of my friends who did not know that christopher Plummer was a last minute replacement mm -hmm. and what I, we were talking about afterwards he was just like what <laughs> how how did this happen and i i yeah i can't imagine like uh kevin spacey i could i could imagine kevin spacey doing his thing yeah a little but, bit a little bit but christopher Plummer wasn't doing like a he was doing his own thing right he wasn't doing yeah, like yeah. an imitation of Kevin Spacey doing that thing, which yeah, was great because he worked say, off the the actors like perfectly. Exactly. Yeah. No. And and it was very believable. I mean, from what I understand of that, the history of that character, like I have no idea how they would have played them differently. But I feel Plummer's was a very real portrayal of that person. Yeah. He got an so. Oscar nomination for the role, so mm -hmm. I don't doubt that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, I'm gonna do mine next, which I. I'm sure Matt Moore is not surprised because it's my favorite Shakespeare play. Um, <laughs> uh, they released a pro shot film version of Stratford's The Tempest, their 2010 version. Um, so Christopher Plummer ended up playing Prospero. And wow, uh, if there's a masterclass in acting for uh, Shakespeare and for playing this role, Prospero, it would be him. Like he's, he's phenomenal from the get go when you see him for the first time, just like, presence and just everything and when he plays the old like an older man later when he's not that big prospero character that like shakespearean people love um he's just his range is phenomenal and you can see why he was a he, he was such a a legend at stratford and if you get a chance uh check it out they actually um they were doing all these live um, viewings on YouTube of their older performances. And this was one of the shows they showed. They showed both of them. They showed the one from 2018, yeah. I think mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. But they also showed um, the the one from 2010. And like the cast is phenomenal. Like just, I, I would read them off, but they're all Stratford people and people are going to be like, who are these people? <laughs> like yeah. I'm sure Matt and me and whoever else goes to Stratford regularly would know, but like oh man just phenomenal if you uh, anyone else has anyone seen this like you should check yeah. it out if you can no sorry which year this was this 20... 2010 2010 2010 okay there's a scene okay. where he comes out of the floor sitting while he's holding a stick and sitting but it looks like he's floating because there's no chair underneath him oh, like oh, wow. and he's just giving this wonderful performance um he's talking about the heartbeat i think mm -hmm. is that scene yeah that yes. scene and Oh my God, he's just so good, yeah. just so wow. good. And I was telling I was telling you guys all this before we went live. Um, they Des McAniff, who was the director of that production yeah. in Stratford, 
uh, was scheduled to do a film adaptation of that that was supposed to film this past summer in Newfoundland, starring Christopher Plummer. And because of COVID and restrictions, they decided to put it back, push it back filming until this coming summer. And unfortunately, Plummer has now passed. So we will not we're not going to get the cinematic big screen adaptation of that role that that we were hoping. But I feel like they will still do great things with that film. But it's just, yeah, it's such a shame that that we were. Yeah. But again, like there's still the the actual pro shot stage version of it, which I think almost what they do in that show will amaze you just because you have to real you realize that this was done on stage and they did stage, that on stage right. live for yeah. four or five months yeah. consecutively when that show ran. So Oh my god. What a joy to like I saw it live too and it was mm-hmm. just Oh my god, yeah. it's so good. I love Shepherd. Yeah. Oh and if anyone has a chance to go see Stratford, just go. And if you're under thirty you can get Stratford tickets for stupid cheap, stupid cheap. Um, if so, you're under thirty, if you're oh, under that's thirty, that's ageist. <laughs> I know, right? They want to. They want. They want young people to go out to the theater, and I don't yeah. blame them for that. Because what young people, Stratford? As long as they don't, you know, talk during the the, yeah, the show and TikToks and, and drugs, and drinking their 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 YouTube. beers, their their craft beers, and their drinking, drinking their drinking their root beer and playing their yo-yos, <laughs> drinking their zimas and their ticking and talking. <laughs> Um, I think this is. I'm surprised none of us picked the sound of music. Let's be honest. Um, I'm well, just, that one kind of goes. Everyone sort of knows. There is a fun. Like, there's a fun yeah. story about um, Christopher Plummer because he he didn't really like the role um, after like he after being known for it for so long. Like a lot of people, like a lot of actors, like Leonard Nimoy was famous for not liking the role of Spock for a long time before fully accepting it. But Christopher Plummer's role that he didn't like was Captain Von Trapp. And he ended up watching it a number, just a couple years ago at a kid's birthday party. And he was just watching the production. And he's like, well, this is a really good movie. And look at how well shot it is and how well the production is phenomenal. And all these kids and these family members are loving it. Like, and he, he got, he gained a new appreciation for the yeah. movie, which is, you know, nice to hear. Well, that was one, especially because he was not by no stretch a musical theater person. Yeah. Like, no. He wasn't a singer. He wasn't a dancer. And the problem was that he got so shoehorned in with that role that he, again, he was concerned and kind of rightly so that that was going to kind of pigeonhole his career into a box that he was not built for. He's like, I'm not a singer. I'm not a musical person. I don't do musicals. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't sing Edelweiss, did he? I, I, he I, did. I, uh, well, no, he did not. No. It was sung, but not by him. Yeah, that's. I remember that being some sort of tidbit. But people, but people didn't know that originally. They didn't actually accredit the actual singer of that in the original version because everyone's like, well, no, it's Christopher Plummer. He must yeah. sing. He has a beautiful singing voice. And people would ask him to sing to them. And he's like, I don't sing. You don't understand. That wasn't me. <laughs> but he couldn't say that because that wasn't how they did things then. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway. Uh, let's move on to memoir. Do you have a second film you want to chat about? I, I have a, a second one that I want to just give a shout out to which is part of why I wanted to pick up because that was the one that I really loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 2011's priest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. Paul uh, Bettany, uh... Paul Bettany, Carl Urban and Christopher Plummer. Yeah. I uh, like this movie. <laughs> it, I honestly, people love to shit on this movie. 
I this is one of my guilty pleasure movies because I can put this movie on and just like have it in the background and do whatever and just be able to pop in and be like, oh, that's what's going on. Partially because the story is so fragmented that you don't really need to pay attention to it because nothing really happens. Um, or at least nothing of significance that you can't call within 10 minutes of starting to watch the movie. There's no big twists. They telegraph everything. It was based on a graphic novel, which I didn't realize until after I'd seen it, which I said, ah, oh, that makes sense. Or not a graphic novel, it was a, a graphic series. Yeah, some of Either way, very much it is definitely comic-based. That's apparent. Visually quite stunning. Christopher Plummer, it has a very, like, a smaller role in the film. Plays uh, Monsignor Orle. Um, sort of the head of the, the papal organization that the priests work for. Um, and he's just kind of a dick, but, <laughs> but in the most like pompous, officious way where you're like, I kind of get where he's coming from, but he's also kind of a dick. So you don't really like him. Uh, I wish they, I, I knew they were never going to continue the franchise with this because the movie tanked so badly. I wish they had though, because I would have loved to see where they went with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, it's a very silly movie. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not. This is not high art, but it is just a pop. It's a popcorn film. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't actually heard of this one, so I was curious about it. Uh, it's a sci-fi action horror. Oh, yeah. that movie! Oh, okay. I was thinking like <laughs> I was thinking some serious like papal no, drama. No, <laughs> no, okay, no. I know what you're talking. No, about. no, no, like, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. I've seen Paul this Bet on... as the yeah, yeah, as yeah. the vampire hunting priest. That vampire hunting. Yeah, okay. Now it all comes together. Now vampire I understand hunting, why yeah. you chose this movie. Vampire <laughs> hunting priests from the future. That's the movie. Mm, yeah, and it that, is everything. Everything that the title set that I just described is what the movie is. It, that's amazing. Priests and now. and Legion are two of my favorite not great Paul Bettany movies (laughs) I and this is the thing I love Paul Bettany as well too he has made some very interesting choices in his career Mm -hmm. none of them bad because he's great in everything yeah but I was sitting there I was like but but Paul why (laughs) that was when they're trying to shoehorn him shoehorn him into like being an action hero when he's like but I like acting and they're like you should be an action hero he was kind of still coming off the tail end of a knight's tale where he was kind of like this everyone's like he's this phenomenal comedic actor but he's also a great actor so we want to put they want people were desperately trying to make him a star but they yeah. didn't know how, so they were kind of just putting him in yeah. everything. Yeah, they they sort of tried to do this Jason Statham thing with him because he's mm-hmm. a great comedic actor, and he ended up becoming this giant action hero. Yeah. So yeah, this is so weird because the first movie I always remember him from was Gangster Number One, uh, which he, he did. It was this movie he he played the younger version of uh, Malcolm McDowell's like aged gangster and that, you know, and it was like the story about how he rose to the top and that. And like Paul Bettany was just insane in it. We should do a Paul Bettany episode, but this is not the one. (laughs) Uh, We'll do that in about four weeks. Yeah, exactly. Oh yes. Um, uh yeah priest great movie i i so, yeah. still liked it it's a fun movie it's like yeah, it is it's just it's a popcorn movie yeah. that i i recommend because it's one of those it's like a, it's like a comfort movie i forgot he was it, in that like, yeah great um shows do you have a second you don't have to if you don't have one I, I i don't but i'm just gonna say that like just listening to you guys and going through the the imdb list is is getting me on a little bit of a of a of a christopher Plummer 
sort of watch list. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm yeah. going through and I'm like, I did not know he was in this. I didn't know he was in that. I want to watch that again. So yeah. it's kind of fun just, just exploring this actor's career and, and hearing you guys talk about some of these movies yeah. that I had. I've never seen Priest. I, I, I like a, a good popcorn movie. So it's a fun you know, movie. I'm, I'm down for it. Uh, so, yeah. Priest is on Netflix if you want. If anyone. Oh, there we go. <gasps> uh, mine's also a popcorn movie, but I'll be last. Uh, Steve, do you have your second? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, because uh, General Chang has already been called, uh, I had to find something that was more, you know, Steve-centric. And uh, <laughs> so I chose uh, as my proper movie after the serious, classy one, um, 1978's uh, Star Crash, uh, also known as The Adventures of Stella Star. This was a, a Roger Corman film, yep. which... Um, <laughs> Is uh, was uh, kind of banking off of the Star Wars craze at the time. It is oh obviously a Star Wars cash-in. And um, it also uh, uh, has the, the twin acting talents of uh, Christopher Plummer and David Hasselhoff. <gasps> and, um, oh, my God. I need oh alcohol in this movie right oh. now. <laughs> and a score by uh, John Barry. Uh, John so the whole Barry. movie sounds like a, a, a rambling... Uh, like a Moonraker kind of test piece. Um, and I have to say, uh, it was a bit of a painful watch because I just watched it. And it, it feels like about six episodes of a show that are like 10 minutes long, just strung together and nothing really just stuff keeps <laughs> happening. And uh, they, they well, this is a, a good point too, if you're gonna like think about movie scores, the music is pretty cool, but there's no themes set to any particular one character. So it's just the same theme looping for the entire film. So you have absolutely no concept of who's good or who's bad according to the music, which is something you'll really appreciate <laughs> when you watch a movie where they do that properly. Yeah. Anyway, um, Christopher Plummer plays a, a, a minor character called uh, the Emperor of the First Ring, I believe. But my God, the stuff they make him say is so ridiculous. But he says it with such gravitas and such measure that you're just like, wow, I believe in this emperor. This is, this, is, this is a really good character, you know? And like, it's it's hilarious because he's only in it, like I guess three or four scenes, but oh man, he is amazing. And if you if you just want to just get a little bite of it, you, if you type in Star Crash Christopher Plummer, the, the end scene is on YouTube and, and you'll understand what I mean. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, that's Star Crash. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's awful. I've never heard about it, but I need to see this movie now. I just found the uh, the, the poster, and uh... <laughs> yep, that's yeah, a 1970s sci-fi movie. I can't even really explain to you what it's about because uh, uh, Christopher Plummer and, uh, uh, oh, and yeah. David Hasselhoff aren't, aren't the main characters. The main character is played by um, uh, Caroline Monroe, actually. Uh, although I wouldn't even say she's the main character because she just sort of gets captured a lot and. Um, saved a lot so it it's, sounds it's like a camera film it's, it's very an outlaw, dated an outlaw smuggler and her alien companion are recruited by the emperor of the galaxy to rescue his son and destroy a secret weapon by the evil count zarth arn zarth arn the there poster looks like perfect. it has a cylon on it it doesn't yeah, look like a yeah. it looks like the one yeah, i'm that's... looking at has hasselhoff with a lightsaber yeah yep. yeah 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 yeah, that oh, too. yeah god yeah the cylon <laughs> is actually a uh, robot sheriff with a southern accent Oh my God! This looks no, amazing. It, 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 it's 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 ridiculous. I I wouldn't recommend it as a, it's so bad it's good, but at least it wasn't boring, which is the biggest problem with bad movies. So yeah, it's it's something. But Christopher Plummer, <laughs> it's something. <laughs> All right, Hawk. 
<laughs> What's your backup? So my backup is not so much a movie I'd recommend you guys watching that, uh, oh, no. but uh, oh, <laughs> for some reason I saw this back when I was like twelve years old, and for some reason there was this one line in it that uh, stuck out has stayed in my head for like you know, you know, thirty three years in that because it's still one of the funniest lines I've ever heard in that. Uh, it's nineteen eighty seven's Dragnet, uh, the remake of the yes. TV show in that. Oh, Christopher okay. Plummer plays the bad guy. In that. Huh. Christopher Plummer plays the bad guy in it. And wow. it's just this, like I said, it's just this one line in that, but I, I, it's still one of the funniest I've ever heard in that. Uh, uh, it's when, you know, he's, he, 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 his goons capture, you know, uh, Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd's characters and that, you know, and he lays out his evil plot and that, and they're about to take them off to their death and that, uh, you know, uh, Dan Aykroyd's hardcore, you know, LAPD loving character, Boy Scout, uh, he it warns him that he's about to put himself in conflict with the greatest fighting force on earth and that. And Christopher Plummer kind of looks to the side and looks back at him and says, the Israelis? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I, I forgot he was the bad guy in that. because I, I only remember up to about the first half of that movie consistently for some reason. Yeah, my God. But it still has the other my one of my favorite lines from a movie ever, which was delivered by Tom Hanks, which was, "Well, Amo, it looks like it's just you, and me, your balls, and this drawer." <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I I don't remember this movie. I I've definitely me seen neither. it though. <laughs> okay. just, it was it was yeah because they were doing it was the they were doing the movie of it, but it was like a, almost like a send up of it where. Dan Aykroyd was playing Joe Friday and he had that, the dragnet narrative, but it was in 1980s LA. Yeah. So like what his narrative was and what the rest of the world was doing did not mesh in any way. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's what made it so great. Cause it was still like, he was playing, he's Joe Friday and he was treating it like, like, I think he was like the grandson of the original Joe Friday. So it was like Joe oh, Friday okay. third. That's awesome. Yeah. But it was just, that was just like, that's the family, the way they deal with it. It was a brilliantly, like, I didn't get a lot of the satire in it because I was a kid in the 80s. So even when I was old enough to see it, I had never mm -hmm. seen the old Dragnet. Later on in the years where I actually had seen Dragnet and then watched the movie again, I was like, oh, my God, this is so fucking funny. Nice. Nice. Oh, man. Now I... That's a good pick. All right. I guess I'm going to be the last one. I was, I'm was i surprised, uh, Hawk, you didn't pick Knives Out. I know you really liked that movie, and I know you liked Christopher Plummer's performance in it i was almost gonna say that but i didn't want to bring up he who shall not be named well yeah, yeah. yeah. look at that shirt look at that shirt oh <laughs> yeah look at that last jedi shirt oh ryan johnson Donovan. right all over my chest um no <laughs> um i thought he was actually good in that movie he he played well, a, everyone was good in that movie from what yeah. i understand so. mm -hmm. but that's not the movie i'm gonna pick because <laughs> i um there's something close to my heart and and this role is just, just you know, it, it resonates with me. And that's when Christopher Plummer played John Adam Gates, the grandfather of Nicolas Cage's Benjamin Franklin Gates from National Treasure. <laughs> we talk about bad movies. I love this stupid movie so much. Forgot. I've seen that movie. I completely forgot about that movie. But uh, yeah, actively. Christopher Plummer in this wonderful, wonderful role as <laughs> as a treasure hunter who, you know, inspires his grandson, the great Nicolas Cage, to go and, you know, steal the Declaration of Independence. Oh, spoilers. Um, but, yeah. It's been like 30 years since that movie came out. That movie came out <laughs> in 2004. 
which is oh my god, sorry, almost twenty years. Almost twenty. I thought it came out early. I thought it was a nineties film. I didn't realize it was oh four. Oh, it it had the passion of the nineties, but was definitely two thousand. <laughs> and it had um such a good cast like Dan Kruger, Sean Bean, you know John Voight before. We found out he was a got weird. Yeah, and a weirder. Weirder, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I'm gonna give a special shout out <laughs> to the movie that introduced me to Lincoln Park, and that is Dracula 2000, where he plays um, <laughs> Abraham Van Helsing. I, I forgot he was in 2000. I did love that movie as well too. I did. I lo- I I saw that in theaters, and I, yeah, I did had too. a so did I. hell of a good time in it. Actually, you know what? I you know what? I'm gonna say that I, now. Every time I always forget about the movie until someone talks about it. That is probably one of my favorite vampire movies of all times. It's one of my favorite Dracula movies of all times because the fact that they actually were kind of able to rewrite that lore in a way that finally made sense, mm-hmm. I can I appreciate it. I love that they did that. Yeah, and had a great cast too. Jared Butler was Dracula. Oh, it was like one hundred percent the most like late nineties, early thousands casts ever. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely check it out if you can. I worked, at, uh, I worked at Rogers Video. I remember when this one came out because I remember like people renting this one and you know like having to put it in the rewinder because you know we had dvds and vhs at the time it was Mm -hmm. the transition year (laughs) 2000 the year the dvd became popular oh Oh, my first dvd we should talk about our first dvd that we bought i can't even remember it i remember mine clearly because i bought it at mac barely remember what i had for lunch i couldn't even tell you the first i got mine over here i'll tell you right now what mine is what what was yours that was oh, your first DVD? My first DVD nice. right here, the Good. Toy Story box nice. set. Oh, nice. Mine nice. is nice. Mine is in the other room because I don't keep my DVDs near me. I have Blu-rays now. But my first DVD was The Matrix. Yeah. Of course. Fair. Yeah. That was every that was a That's lot cool. of people's first people. DVD. Yeah. yeah. I remember when it my came first. out at at um what, what was the name of the bookstore at Mac? Bookstore. Oh, uh, t- t- titles. 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 I'm like, I the s- bookstore. Oh, yeah. I saw it there and I was like, oh, shit. The Matrix is out. <laughs> and I bought it like right then. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was my story. That's not a great one. Anyway. It's Huck, a good story. Huck, you were saying your first oh, um, thing? I know yeah, this is, has nothing a... to do with Christopher Plummer unless it's no, the no, sound of music. Chris... <laughs> no, it wasn't the sound of music. And it was actually because I got it when I bought my first DVD player and that. But it was uh, the first uh, it was a it was uh, like the big old the, I'm trying to think the special edition release of uh, Fight Club. Mm. Um, nice. It came in like a sleeve and that nice. it was looked like a, that like was a actually I think if I remember probably one of the first DVDs that was ever released was yeah. Fight Club. Yeah. Uh, and thinking about Fight Club brings back like 12 Monkeys, which Christopher Plummer was also in. So, you know, full circle. Six degrees. Six I really de- feel that we should rename the six degrees of Kevin Bacon to six degrees of of Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Very. Because awesome. that man has been in yeah. everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. But anyway, let's throw this out to the audience. I don't know why I just clapped and pointed at my screen. Um What's your favorite Christopher Plummer movie? Or just one that brings a joy to your heart? Why don't you send us an email? Contact us on social media. We are everywhere that I mentioned in the post credits. Anyway, thank you, Hawk, Shouse, Steve, and Matt Moore for coming and talking about Christopher Plummer. The man who had a phenomenal, phenomenal degree, uh, career. Degree? Career. Career. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure tired. he had a phenomenal degree as well, too, but his career was way better. He had, what, 217 <laughs> acting credits on oh film God. and television? That, yeah. And then he had, what, 
60 years of Stratford as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. Lord. Like that. Oh, phenomenal. He, he emphasizes the word prolific career. The man has been working nonstop for decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doing things he'd like, he liked to do too, which is mm-hmm. important. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great, great life. Great actor. And yeah, I'm definitely going to probably watch Star Trek now or, yeah, you know, so the, or this, uh, all the money. Yeah. I, uh, I got to watch a decree one. movie. Murder yeah. by decree, yeah, that's yeah. one. Murder by decree, yeah. All right, well, thank you guys for coming and talking about Christopher Plummer. Thank you all out there on the internet for coming and listening to us talk, and we shall talk to you soon. Have a good one. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca, and don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com/geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at GeeksWithKidsCN. Check out our pics on Instagram at GeeksWithKids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.